0: Teachers have a tough job. They face so many obstacles from students, parents, colleagues, administrators, from themselves. And yet, teachers find so many ways to craft beautiful, transformative relationships that lead to learning, inspiration, and joy. This is the Ready to Teach podcast, and unlike most of the decisions being made in schools, this podcast is made for teachers by teachers. Let's get ready to teach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ready to Teach podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Tomic, And for the first time in the history of our show, I will be interviewing a teacher who is not a core subject teacher. That's right, Yasenka Filipovich is a music teacher in Nashville, Tennessee. She also teaches math as well, but we're going to get into that and I'll let her talk more about the math-music connection. And I just wanted to jump in and say, uh, music teachers, you know, if you're listening and, and you're a music teacher uh, and really any art teacher, I hope you hear reflected a lot of the great things that you are doing in your own classrooms and, and feel a lot of validation and affirmation that you know what you're doing is really hard work and, and really amazing work also. And as a core subject teacher, I know I took from Yasenka's words the challenge to bring the same kind of enthusiasm that she brings to her music students, you know, her students that have chosen to take music as an elective to my students who haven't necessarily chosen to take English. You know, as a core subject, students are put in there often by default, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to make our teaching as passionate, as, as exciting, and as intriguing uh, as possible to try and turn our subjects into something that students really look forward to. And I know that seems really obvious, but it's what I couldn't help thinking as I was listening to Yasenka talk about teaching music. Okay, enough of that. I'm going to let Yasinka tell us a little bit about where she teaches, the kind of school she teaches in, and then I'm going to let her take it from there. Enjoy. All right. Well, I teach at a magnet
1: middle school in Nashville. It's a public school, obviously. And I teach fifth through eighth grade band students, so music.
0: Okay. Now, is your magnet, is it a music and arts magnet?
1: No, it's, well, math and science.
0: Oh, wow. So you occupy a very particular space in this math and science magnet. Yes. Wow. Uh, We have a very
1: strong uh, music program in our school, which is wonderful.
0: So why can I start by asking why do you you think that is? Uh,
1: It's been like that for many years, and um, I guess the band director that was there before me and... Us, me, and my job share partner, right now, uh, we promote music. We we like to advertise it and make sure that our community and our school knows, you know, what music is about and how important it is for students. So we we value it a
0: lot. So I, I don't know a lot about music, nor, frankly, do I know a lot about math and science. But I I have heard that. a lot of musicians tend to be very mathematically inclined. Uh, Do you see at your school uh, a a connection in in students' interest or or aptitude for music and for math and science? Definitely, Um,
1: it's whenever we in fifth grade, for example, when we test our students for different instruments, we look into so many different things and math and reading are one of the major things we look at look at how well they uh, do in math and reading and that correlates to music for sure really Uh, yes i mean music encompasses both or you know so many different um parts of education and math and reading are quite important because we read notes and when students are struggling with reading uh, letters Many times they do struggle with reading music as well, or when students have a hard time understanding mathematical concepts, uh, fractions, for example. Um, it takes them a while to understand the musical concepts of note values. So there is a
0: relation. So you you and you experience a lot of that through their struggle. Like when they're struggling with one thing, you see it manifest in another way, also. Yes, yes.
1: However, many times we're able to assist them in their other subjects. So if a student is really struggling in math, we, we um, allow them to see it from a different perspective. So they make those connections and then have it easier in some math lessons as well.
0: What, are you able to, I know it's summertime and maybe you haven't thought about school for a while, but could you give us a specific example of like what you might do for a student that's struggling in math?
1: Uh, well for example um I, i'm gonna go back to note values um and that deals with counting um duration of the notes and you have to be able to logically understand that a note is four beats long and then if you divide that in half the next note is two beats if you divide that in half the next note is one beat then if you divide that's e- that's the easy part then when you start dividing the beats one beat into half into fourths into um thirds even uh students have a hard time understanding if they don't understand the fraction concept but we do lots of visuals with them and obviously in music they feel it um it's it they they tend to understand it better so
0: right and it, it carries less anxiety with it
1: that that as well
0: yeah. yes usually don't...
1: It's, not, it's not the math class
0: <laughs> right yeah, you usually don't tell tell a student or or any person, music, and they freak out. Like, you, you tell a person math, the time, yes. and they might freak out. But,
1: yes, no. well, most of the time, because we associate music with fun. Uh, because we, all of us, regardless if we're familiar with uh, music education or music, uh, all of us listen to music. Music is part of our life, So, or arts in general. So we, um, many students are more open-minded in music, and uh, when we approach it that way, they have more connections with other subjects too. We have seen many students improve in their academic core subjects because they were in music.
0: Okay. You're, you're reminding me of something that I learned from Dr. Harris, which is uh, just a, a questioning technique that if you're if you're questioning a student in the classroom and they kind of lock up and they don't know the answer, having another student ask them the same question but in the Mm -hmm. student's words and then talking student to student is less stressful than talking student to teacher and so i i'm making that connection that you know in music it's more fun and so they're more relaxed and so they're able to you know process the information more easily
1: and there's not that much pressure i mean in obviously all of us know if you're not good in math and and reading um a lot of your life depends on it, right? So in music, if you're not good at music, uh, you still can be very successful in life, right? But, you know, if you struggle with math and reading, then, um, you know, it's going to be a little tough. So there's less pressure, too.
0: Speaking of music being fun, I, for every teacher that comes on that's the, you know, the first teacher I've interviewed in any given subject area you happen to be the first music teacher that i've interviewed i i always ask the question you know every subject teacher thinks that their subject is the hardest and that no one has it as bad as they do uh in their subject so i'd like to give you an opportunity to prove to all of us once and for all that music is in fact the hardest subject to teach
1: well um depends how you look at it right (laughs) Um, right actually I think we as music educators we're privileged because we get to do something with students that they enjoy. Um, I mean, majority of my students come to my class and they want to be there. uh, Compared to, I'm just going to use math as an example. There are quite a few students that go to math and they don't enjoy it and they don't want to learn about it. And in our class, students come and want to be there. So that is the attitude from the students is, is quite different. I always say I never want to be an academic teacher. I love what I do because students love what they're doing in my class. So um, I think we're we're quite different in that regards with students. Now, um, in regards to music education and the challenges that we uh, deal with is I feel like we constantly have to prove ourselves to our administration to our school to our community to the society that hey music plays an important role in children's life or arts in general uh so i think that's one of our major challenges that we constantly have to be fighting against um the academics if you if you will um on Mm. my end i see that we are part of it we are all in there together and we can assist students in the academics, even though we do music, we, do, we don't do the academics, but we can encourage them and support them and broaden their view. So, um,
0: so do you get some students, you, you say for the most part students really enjoy coming to, to music and, and to learn, but do you get some students that are reluctant and that are hesitant? Course.
1: Uh I'm privileged to be there and I, I love my school I love the students uh, but of course we always have those little lemons if you will that um, don't want to be there and uh, or their parents want them to do music but the kid is not as as into it or the kid wanted to be in band, but doesn't have the opportunity to switch and has to stick with it until the end of the school year. So they have to go through it. Um, of course, you know, as any other teacher, we have students that put, don't put the effort into doing what they are supposed to be doing. Um, we have students that don't have parent support at home, uh, but maybe want to be in music, but don't have that push from, from home um, to be successful. Um, but again, majority of our students, want to be there. Uh, What happens with with us Since it is a um, subject area that not everyone has to take, so um, it's a voluntary, um, it's an interest-based subject. So if a student doesn't want to be in band, they have the opportunity to change their schedule and go to other related arts classes. Uh, So that sort of helps us too. that's why I love my job, because again, majority of my students are in there because they want to be there, they want to learn, they want to be part of music. Um, And for example, this year, there were a few students that had to stick it through the end of fifth grade or sixth grade, and then could switch to related arts rotation, which they do now, and they're no longer in band. But again, that's not our goal. We want to retain them, we want to keep them as long as we can.
0: Right. So what are, the, some, what are some of the ways as a music teacher that you do invest students and, and keep students invested in band and in music and in, in playing their instruments?
1: Well, I, I guess first of all, they have to see that I enjoy what I do, that I have the love for it. So if they see that I'm excited about music, then that will carry over to them as well. Um, obviously be encouraging, be a positive, um, person in their life and influencing them in a positive way, uh, allowing them to grow and seeing that they can grow as an individual, that they can be better, that they can be successful, that they struggle through things, but then achieve their goal. Um, I mean, I guess as any educator or any mentor, parent, uh, all those things that we do as, you know, whoever we are, we do in music as well. Um, We definitely allow students to ask us questions and be open-minded and be respectful of each other, and if they're not um, successful at something, letting them know that it's okay, that they have to work hard, and we're there to help them out. Um, Again, being a positive image in their
0: life. Right. So what are some of the the different ways that you interact with students? Obviously you have whole band practice, do you do one-on-one lessons with students as well? Well
1: we have different programs at our school that we arrange for our students. Uh, For example, uh, one thing that uh, we arrange, we have private instructors coming in and teaching students one-on-one and that is for a fee. Um, There's a great program through um, Music Makes Us which is a joint effort of Metro National Public Schools, the mayor's office, uh, music industry um, programs and community uh, leaders, um, they invest in music education in Metro National Public Schools. So we receive funds from them and um, one of the ways we use their funds is having private lessons being paid for students who can't afford them. Uh, We offer small instruction after school or um, help for students after school. We stay every day um, for an hour after school at least for students to come down to us and just practice if they wish or to come and practice with us one-on-one or practice with an older student uh, who is a tutor for them. So we try to arrange different ways for the students to be successful if they do struggle.
0: One thing that's really cool to hear you talk about, or I should just say, it is really cool to hear you talk about all those opportunities with music because, you're, you know, you're talking about offering one-on-one instruction or like small group instruction after school and just the way you're talking about it, it's clearly, it's an extra opportunity that a lot of students like seek out and they want and they really benefit from. Yes. Whenever I as an English teacher talk about staying after school or one on one tutoring, it's always like, all right, like I need to help this kid, you know, finish this essay because it was due last week or, you know, this kid's in detention or or whatever. And it's a very different tone. Um, But, you know, as a music teacher, all those things are opportunities that I imagine for the most part students really look forward to. Yes,
1: but do, we do have those instances as well where a student is struggling, the student doesn't want to come after school and doesn't want to do the work, and, you know, we have to fight against it and, um, you know, make sure that the student is achieving what they need to achieve. So we, we have those things too. It's not it's not all gold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine in the area of, say, managing a band, managing a music classroom, that that has its unique challenges. Mm-hmm. Could you share some of the strategies, like the management strategies that you use for either band and or a music class?
1: Uh, well, lots of the things that we do could be applied to any classroom. Um, just, you know, setting the expectations um, for the students, having a rules, and sticking to the rules. So, you know, the classroom management Um, strategies that any teacher can use. We we have those in place as well. But one thing that on one side is beneficial to us is our students most of the time have something in their mouth, so they're not allowed or they're not capable of talking. They produce sound. (laughs) Now, we do, when they do not play, for example, they have their mouth, they have their instruments, so they can make more noises. Um, But the students will um, reach up to whatever we set up for them. So if they know what the expectations are, what the rules are, they they will they will reach for that too.
0: So what are some of those specific music expectations? Like do you have a no talking when no talking oh, between yes. songs and things like yes. that?
1: Actually, we just started this year so that was something that I was oh. going over with students yesterday you know and I told them I'm sorry I know you know all these things but we have to go over these things because I need to make sure that all of you know what my expectations are of you so we went over the rules uh, what the rules are for the classroom what their expectations are you know to what their daily procedures are what the consequences will be if they do not uh, go through those things so yes one of those things was Uh, if the conductor, us, is on the podium, uh, the students are not allowed to talk, they have to listen and pay attention because we have something to say or we're about to start to conduct and they have to be ready to play. Or if um, a classmate is talking, they have to be respectful and listen. I mean, it's like in any other class, but those things can be translated into into music too. One thing that uh, we do is every day we have a bell ringer for our students. So when students come in, they have to come in silently. They have a uh, activity projected on the board, and they have to complete the activity within five to seven minutes, and that allows us to take attendance or to deal with things at the beginning of the period that we have to deal with. So it gives us a little free time uh, to do whatever we need to do. Any any interruptions, if you will. Um, I mean, there are procedures in place: how to leave the room, how to get their instruments out, how to. Um, line up chairs and stands when they're, we're done. Uh, so w- we teach those those things to the students because it makes it easier on us and everyone else. Hopefully that way we will have less interruptions and more learning opportunities.
0: Right. Now, you said your school is 5th through
1: 8th? 5th through 8th, yes.
0: So do you have, in, in your classes and in your band, do you have 5th through 8th graders all in the same room? No, we okay. have
1: a grade for... I mean, a a period for fifth graders, period for sixth graders, period for seventh graders, period for eighth graders. Several years ago, um, due to scheduling issues, there was um, a period where we had seventh and eighth graders combined. We had two fifth grade periods, two sixth grade periods, and then a seventh and eighth grade group combined. And that was very challenging because students were not at the same uh, level, playing level. And that was very frustrating on my end as a teacher and then also frustrating for the students. Luckily, we no longer have that, which I'm very happy about. But I had to do that for, oh, at least five years, if not longer.
0: Okay. So practice is also clearly a big part of yes. music.
1: Yes, and that's what I'm going to talk about tomorrow with my
0: students. Yay! <laughs> They're probably really excited. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, you know, I'm going to take the time tomorrow to talk to students about practicing. We give them their practice tips, home practice tips, you know, and we talk about those things, how that they have to practice 15 to 30 minutes, five to seven days a week. That's our expectation. They have to fill out a practice sheet that their parents have to sign and turn into us for a grade. Um, And this year, actually, we can count their minutes as homework grade for the last Three, four years, when we we're not able to. Before that, we were. So you know, we have to uh, adapt uh, with with the system. But this year, we can we can grade it again. We can count it as a grade, which is wonderful for us. Um, so they have to practice at home. And not only do we tell them that they have to practice, we show them how to practice so that they're more su- more successful. So and not only do we show them for example, only tomorrow, we modeled it throughout the school year. And and if we are working on a concept and the students are struggling, you know, I I show them we have to slow it down. We have to put it in chunks and work on one thing at a time instead of trying to do everything at once and be confused and make mistakes. So um, they, my students tease me that I, enough slow because I take everything so slowly but I tell them if you can't do it slow you can't, I mean, you can't do it fast so um, we do lots of things with the students to allow them to be successful so and of course it's up to them how far they want to go but we're there.
0: That's cool to hear because, so I I was in band from uh, 4th grade through 12th grade, I played trumpet oh good And but but for me for most of my music playing career, uh, it, there was there was school band and then there was my practice at home and, and I had private trumpet lessons, but those two worlds didn't overlap very much. I never had my, uh, my school band director say, okay, so when you're at home, you know, break it up into chunks or only play the piece as fast as you can play the slowest section um, yes. or the, the most difficult section that's cool to hear that you're kind of narrating that for your students so that when they go home they can apply what you're doing at school at home
1: well we look at it uh, for example in education so much is focused on let's say reading Uh, uh, teachers in the english teach their students how to analyze a text right so we have to do that in music too It just give them the tools so that they later on know what to do when we're not around uh, making them uh, capable of being a musician. Um, there are lots of music educators that do things by rote that will show students and students will memorize, but then students, the students are not um, capable of doing it on their own. And our goal is to make the students capable so that they can carry on and be be successful musicians regardless where they are if they quit band hopefully not or you know if they are in college hopefully they can still apply those techniques uh, when they're in college
0: now as the band director of a really rich and it sounds like rich and robust music program i would imagine that you have a a kind of a unique role in some students lives and Mm -hmm. what, what i'm getting at is you know sometimes if i have a student who's struggling and they're a basketball player, I might go talk with the basketball coach and say, hey coach, like, how can I reach this kid? What can you do to help me out? And hey coach, they need to miss practice so they can come finish this essay. Do you play a similar role for some students?
1: And not only students but other teachers too if a student is struggling in their academics but they're really flourishing in band I share that with the classroom teacher so that the teachers have something positive about that specific child or let's say if a student is struggling in band uh, I always check with the other teachers to see you know how are they in their other classes many times if they're struggling with us they're struggling in, in academics as well uh, but I tried to work with other teachers and um, try to find a way to incorporating music into the student's life in a positive way. Now, there are uh, instances where, for example, we have students that are not doing well in our class and they are playing a sport, and I go to those coaches and say, just to let you know, this child has done such and such, uh, you know, is there anything you can help me with? And when we work as a team, on as teachers, uh, students realize that, and then that improves their um success in both whatever they're you know if it's a sport and music so collaboration between the teachers is definitely uh, a big part in, in what we do but also for the students students know that we are there for them and we will do whatever it takes to um give them the success that they should have
0: so do you, I'm i'm curious do you ever feel or have you ever felt as a music teacher undervalued in a school Yes.
1: And it's not the administra- administration's fault necessarily. It's just the way the society works. We're putting so much focus on the academics and data, and uh, which is all understandable. But I think if we focused as a society more on the whole child, on the well-roundness of a child, uh, it would it would be more beneficial to everyone. So yes many times and that's what i mean by fighting we constantly have to fight to show to prove to everyone that hey we we make a difference we we matter and uh, unfortunately for example last year at our school a music position was cut by half because of funds and um you know if funds are being cut the first thing that is going to be cut is something in the arts unfortunately or sports or something that is other than the
0: academics. Did you, did you have any opportunity to argue or appeal uh, for against any of those cuts?
1: Yes, actually the position was supposed to be cut all the way, you know, 100%, but we were able to keep the teacher 50%, so, which is wonderful. Um, and again, it's not necessarily only the administration, it's the people who are above our administrators, uh, people who are at the board, uh, of education as well. So um, lots of programs are in, in put being put in place and lots of things are being tried out. And while those things are being tried out, other programs that have been there for a long time are being cut. So right. it's unfortunate, but you know, we try to make a difference if we can.
0: Right. Wow. Well, that's impressive that you get, you were able to prevent that from being cut totally. Well, Um, it
1: wasn't, it wasn't me. I mean, I was only a a small part of it, but you know, uh, obviously our uh, Metro Nashville um, director of visual and performing arts, she had a huge uh, impact in that. And of course our administrator too. So um, it takes a whole lot of us to, to make it work.
0: Well, Yasenka, we're coming to the end of our, of our conversation and i want to say thank you again so much for talking with me and for sharing your experience would you like to give any last words to music teachers or any teachers out there
1: uh well um first of all thank you for allowing me to be with you um i I truly enjoy and love to share um you know, I do what I do because I love it. So uh, I hope that all the teachers out there do what they do because they love it. Uh, it's a tough profession. Uh, I'm fortunate. I work part-time um, because I want to be a parent at home as well. Um, but it is a it is a very tough profession to be in. It's frustrating. It's, it's stressful. It's overwhelming, overworked, uh, underpaid <laughs> profession. But... I know that majority of teachers do it because they want to make a difference in students' lives, so, you know, we're here.
0: Here are the takeaways from this week's episode. First, students are able to learn more effectively when they are relaxed and having fun. Two, music can be leveraged as a way to reach students who are struggling in their core subjects, especially math and reading. Three, teaching music requires just as much expectation setting, classroom management, and behavioral management as teaching any other subject. Four, set expectations early in every area that students and parents need to know. Now, Yasenka didn't say that explicitly, but I heard in so much of what she was describing, you know, in terms of practice, in terms of investing uh, her students and parents in music uh, as a subject that she sets those expectations and she communicates with all those shareholders invested early on in the school year. So whatever it is that you want your students to know and, and to grow in and to understand at the end of the year, break that down and set those expectations early. All right, fifth and finally, music teachers, as well as non core subject teachers and coaches, bear the unique burden of having to prove the value of their subject to their students, parents, administrators, and even district-wide supervisors. And a little bit of an appendix to that last one, I think that's a call to action for core subject teachers to support our arts teachers and to be aware of this challenge that they face and do what we can to support them in providing opportunities for our students. And that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope whatever kind of teacher that you are, that you heard some new ideas, you heard some wisdom, you heard some inspiration, you heard some validation uh, that you can take into your own teaching, into your own classrooms and your own students. I know whatever you teach, that you are probably starting the school year or will be starting soon. And I hope as you do that you are excited, that you are inspired to try new ideas. Thank you for listening. And until next week, rest up and be well.